Are you sick and tired of having to do everything and your husband just doesn't carry the load? And on top of that, when you try to talk about it, you guys just end up fighting. No fun, hey? Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody. This is episode number 80, and we're going to be talking about what you can do if your husband is not as engaged as you would like in his domestic responsibilities. Okay. Sometimes I hear wives describe their husband as another one of the kids that she has to take care of. Uh, not from Linda, of course. But that's really sad. Yeah. But the cool thing we're doing here today is we're talking to wives in this episode, and we're actually going to go in a bit of surprising direction with this. So stick with us for the next 20 minutes or so. But don't worry, ladies, in the next episode, we are talking to the husbands. <laughs> that sounds scary. These two tie together. Okay. So I got into this for Linda one day out of a conversation with a disengaged husband. And uh, you Okay, know, well, what's a disengaged husband look like? Oh, like good guy, loves his wife and family, and pretty much just sits in the chair or on the couch and he does yard work. But really, like he's not engaged with the kids or child rearing or discipline or or teaching them or like doesn't get his hands in the kitchen sink ever. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of pressed him on this and I found out that at this, I guess, crucial point early in their marriage with the birth of their first child, his wife kind of parked him to one side and he felt like she pretty much said to him, you don't know what you're doing. I'll take it from here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's the deal. And this is why we're going to talk to wives and talk to husbands. Okay. Is because you can say, well, that's a bad wife. Like Mm -hmm. don't do that. Turns out this is quite common, but he bought into it. He agreed to go along with this. And that's why we got to talk to both spouses here. Okay. So today we're going to talk to wives and next week to husbands. Okay. Hopefully we can keep it fair and hopefully it will promote some useful conversations between you and your spouse so that you can restore that healthy balance. So today let's talk about what to do if your husband's not engaged. So our research assistant reported to us that there were a number of studies and articles that suggested that husbands withdraw mainly at the point when kids are brought into the picture. Mm-hmm. And on a side note here, we have a really awesome research assistant. Yeah. So thanks, Esther. And, and so from the first study that she brought to our attention, in, from 2008, it was called Withdrawing from Co-Parenting Interactions During Early Infancy. I always love the sterility of uh, <laughs> academic titles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so here's the deal. This is almost as good as the title that you wanted to put on this episode. I am just very academic. <laughs> Speaks to my great mind. <laughs> right. <sighs> If your husband is invested in the status quo, and who isn't to some extent, but if your husband's invested in the status quo. What does that mean? He wants to keep everything the way it is. He doesn't want, he's invested in not having change. He's quite happy how it is. Okay. And a child shows up vis-a-vis you make a baby together. He may well withdraw in order to avoid change. Like withdraw in the context of your marriage. Okay. Okay. Now, what happens kind of along with this is that first-time mothers who were unhappy with the division of childcare labor, they also, they escalate their demands with their stress, resulting in a more pronounced sort of demand on the husband, right? Mm-hmm. So now you got the cycle going where she's demanding and he's withdrawing. Okay. And this is a very common pattern. It's a classic. I usually call it the pursuer withdrawer, mm-hmm. but it also gets called demand withdraw. And, and basically the more the wife demands, the more the husband pulls back. 
in in street language, it probably gets called nagging, and he goes to the garage. Okay. 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 So what's ironic is that they're both doing their respective parts in an attempt to save the marriage. Most people miss this point. Okay, I can see how she's doing that, but how is he attempting to save the marriage? By he's avoiding like Conflict. a really loud, nasty fight that well, the, he feels would deteriorate the marriage, so he's going to pull back out. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Now, we should unpack that in an episode one day, but here's the piece of information that was new to me. Normally, new fathers often feel excluded by the developing mother-infant bond. Mm. And some men respond by pressing their wives for more, more time, so they kind of press in and compete. Others channel their energies into the baby as well. And others will progressively distance themselves from the mother-baby pair. Okay. Hmm. So these researchers, they wanted to find out what kinds of fathers were most prone to this pulling back and withdrawing situation. And the fathers who withdrew, they found were generally less ego resilient. And that term means an ego resilient person is one who reports open-mindedness, perceptiveness, like they kind of get what's going on, an interest in understanding why others behave as they do. And an ego resilient person is able to stay open to viewpoints other than their own. Okay. So if you score lower on those kind of things, like that's not your strongest suite, you're more likely to withdraw. Okay. And they also found that the fathers who were most likely to withdraw were already in a marriage that was showing some distress signals before the baby arrived. And these fathers also felt less respected by their wives as a parent, as a father. So they weren't doing a very good job. They felt that she didn't think think that. that. Or that she did think that. There's a perception. Okay. Not a reality that they're measuring. Okay. Okay. Now that leads to a subject which I hadn't heard before a few weeks ago called maternal gatekeeping, which is pretty interesting. Maternal gatekeeping is a phrase that refers to the beliefs and behavior that a mom shows to discourage or restrict father involvement in childcare. Oh, that's interesting. So our assumption and, and along with the research is that this is unhelpful. Maternal gatekeeping is not helpful. Right. Because it's not all about the mom here. Right. And research, and we're going to get to why this happens in a minute. Okay. So research has shown that greater father involvement in children's lives has been found to be associated with benefits for parents and children alike. So the more dads in there, the better. Yeah. Okay. So we just need to, it sounds so obvious, but we've got to clarify our assumptions, right? And the research backs that up. And then the more domestic demand that you place on a father and the more his ability to respond, the more he will contribute to childcare. So fathers who are willing and capable will get in there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And But maternal gatekeeping undoes this because in an effort to maintain what they call primacy, which is a nice way of saying, I want to be number one, mm-hmm. like take first place. In an effort to maintain primacy as a mother, women employ maternal gatekeeping strategies. And so they end up monitoring and restricting their husband's level and type of involvement in the childcare. So they, oh, okay. Do I need to, to... No, so they want to be number one as mom. Right. And so they kind of restrict what their husband actually does with the kid to make sure that they... Yep. And or they're kind of really brooding over him. Oh, no, don't do that. Oh, put the cream. That's too much cream. Talking about diapers. (laughs) I was thinking coffee. (laughs) Coffee. (laughs) Okay. Maybe that's because we're recording too early in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Stop putting cream on the baby. Now that Mm -hmm. that kind of blew my train of thought there, but that's all. (laughs) Sorry. That's all good. Okay, now now here's the deal. Mm-hmm. And folks, just stay with me. If you think I'm sounding harsh here, I'm going to get empathic in a moment. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> By the way, that's not a great line to use on your wife, guys. <laughs> okay. It's more common among, 
it just sounds harsh because it's so academic again, right? But oh, just stay with me. I'm it's, with you. Just go on. Okay, I'll go. It's more common among working class employed mothers who are caught between gender role ideologies, okay? And the, the two like gender Like being the role, career woman. Yes. And being the mom. Yes. And the number one of both. Yes. Okay. So there's this financial necessity that you got to work full time. And there's this social whatever that says, okay, you're working full time, but you better be an awesome mom too. Mm-hmm. So this is where I get empathic because you're caught between these two messages about how you should be a, ideally a stay at home mom and invest your heart, life and soul in your kitties. And yet you're living in a reality where you have to go out and work just to make ends meet. And you're really caught between this work and a, between a rock and a hard place, work and a hard place maybe, <laughs> but a rock and a hard place. Right? So I have no criticism for that tension. Like this is, that's Many real. folks' reality. Yeah. But this is the breeding ground for maternal gatekeeping because moms can compensate for this by really emphasizing their primacy when they are at home. And this is what can push husbands back. Fathers. Okay. Okay. So studies have shown that as maternal gatekeeping increases, father involvement decreases. Duh. Right. Right. So the mom's I'm, almost like hoarding it for herself. Yeah. But why? Like... Because she wants to be mom and she wants to be needed. Yes. Just hoarding sounds like such an evil word, but what you said just there is like so valid, right? Okay. And that's the dilemma for this. It's, that's why this is so tough. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I'm just calling on our listeners, particularly our wives and moms right now, to look into your own life and ask yourself, you know, how am I resolving that tension between the dual earner mm-hmm. family and needing to be a good mom and be mm-hmm. seen as a good mom? Mm-hmm. And if you're doing it by pushing your husband out, that's going to be an effective strategy to make yourself feel like you're the number one caregiver and that you're important. Mm-hmm. That's maternal gatekeeping. And this is why it works. It successfully reduces that tension because you're the all-encompassing everything to the baby. But It reduces the tension in yourself. It comes at a cost. But it's increasing the tension in your marriage. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Now, the research, again, shows that dual earner mothers, dual earner meaning they coming, the mom and dad are both employed. Okay. They feel more positively when they play a central role in child care. Fair enough. And that makes sense, too. Yeah, yeah. fair enough, right? Yep. And, and, you know, if you can be a stay-at-home mom and live with less material goods, then go ahead and have that conversation with hubby. If you're on board, great. If you're both on board. If you're both on board, just remember, you're going to have to get used to the idea that you're going to be living at a lower standard than other couples in your social group. Mm-hmm. that's the consequence, right? That's hard to do. But if, if for whatever reason, that's not an option, then we have some other ideas and strategies about how you can be a great mom and help your husband become more engaged. So maternal gatekeeping is not the only solution to this tension. Right. But do you think there's some ladies out there that don't really care that their husband's not engaged? There might be. No, you know, because, okay, let me go back to the example I mentioned at the start. I knew from what he was saying that she would call on him to get more engaged, but I don't know if she knew that she was actually pushing him away. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Fair enough. So, and this is where, you know, we're talking about this. We're putting a, a, a term on it so people can identify it and some symptoms. And mm-hmm. maybe it's just like, oh my, like I never realized I was doing this. Yeah. Right? And that's what we're kind of hoping for is that you'll have this light bulb moment if this is you. And, and now we're going to give you something to do about it. So let's go to that. Okay. What can we do about it? Okay. Sounds really obvious, but first, be willing to share domestic demands with your husband. Okay, domestic demands being? Uh, housework and childcare. Why don't you just say housework and childcare? I just did. 
(laughs) (laughs) So anyways, and you're probably sitting there listening to us and you're like, well, it would be nice if he'd get off his butt and share them with me. But you have to be willing to invite him and maybe even educate him and then enjoy sharing those duties with him. And I think all those things kind of have to go together for Linda because what? You look like you're going to say something. Yeah, I just think here, like, I think you need to be willing to give up your perfectionism a little bit. Like when I do the dishes. You know, and they're not lined up perfectly in the dishwasher. Yeah. Or, you know. as absolutely clean. The towels might not be folded just quite right. Right. But the fact is they're folded and they're in the cupboard and I don't have to do it anymore. And you're together. Yeah. While you're doing it, right? Yeah. Just like if I went into your workshop and cleaned up, it probably wouldn't be, well, it probably would be, but I was going to say it wouldn't be like as perfectly done. Well, it wouldn't be done my way. It wouldn't be done your way. Yes. But it'd be done. Yeah. And, and that'd be awesome too. Until I couldn't find something. Yeah, exactly. I'll just stay out of the workshop. (laughs) That's a separate issue. Okay, go on. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Now the second part here is, is. We have fun when we do the dishes together. We usually do. Yeah. 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 In fact, I, you know, that's a better experience than when I'm not there and I feel kind of guilty like I should be. Right. So why live with the kill? Yeah. Just help me with the dishes. Good idea. Okay. I think we're sidetracked in here. Well, I just walked into something. I'm a little worried about that. (laughs) So let's move on. Okay. Now at the point of your childbirth, this is something to consider if you're, if you're, if you're thinking about making babies or you got one coming soon at the point of childbirth, consider having your husband take a longer leave to be more involved in caregiving following the birth of your child. And, you know, like when we did this for Linda, I think I just missed a couple of days of work and often mom and my mother-in-law, your mom comes in. Yeah. And, and that's awesome. Yeah. But this is all part of the setup to relieve the husband of involvement socially. I'm not saying you guys are evil and you're planning this and it's whatever, like you're, you know, cackle, mm-hmm, cackle. Mm-hmm. When are you coming, mom? We need to get him out of here, right? But <laughs> this is how it kind of goes down, right? Okay. And just think about intentionally as you're going into that. And I think we could have had this discussion if we knew that we should have. And we're listening to great podcasts by Caleb and Verlinda. That <laughs> we would have, you know, we could have stopped ahead of time and thought, you know what? Let's do this a little bit differently. Yeah. And maybe you're home more or you're taking more time off work, like shorter days. Or I don't know what it looks like that you guys can mm-hmm. actually work out. But if husband can get more involved, that's awesome. Hmm. Our researcher found a study that showed that fathers continued to be more involved when the children were older if those fathers took longer leave following the birth of the child and help with the diapers and stuff. Not went fishing, but actually was involved. Mm-hmm. So if they're involved in day one, they're more invested over the lifetime of the child. Hmm. Interesting, hey? Yeah. But do you know what I think? Like, it might not be feasible. Like, Canada, we have a huge maternal and paternal leave and whatever, yes. but not all countries in the world have that. No. But the father can still be... And completely engaged when he's home. When he is home. But mom's going to have to back and, off. Yeah. Right? Or invite him. Okay. Because he's going to, you know, I guess two things could come. He could come home and she's totally exhausted. She hands him the baby and she goes and crashes. That's fine. That um, that happens. Yeah. But she could also, he could also come home and she's like got it all under control. Yeah. And like she's doing the baby just right. He's sleeping. Don't touch him. Mm, right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and so it begins, right? Yeah. So just think about it, right? Hmm. Now, the third part in here, and ironically that this should come up on our show, but we would like to encourage you to work on your marriage. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> because the, this, again, is research-based, that the better you are at communicating, the stronger your intimacy, and the higher your marital satisfaction, the greater father involvement will be. And I think it's just because these couples, they come into it with more of a sense of togetherness. Okay, so the better you are at communicating. Yep. 
Um, stronger your intimacy. Stronger your intimacy. And the higher your marital satisfaction going in. Yeah. Those the are all tied his together. his involvement will be. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this goes back to what we talked about. I don't even know which podcast about like you were a wife first before you were a mother, for yep. example. And the best thing you can do for your kids is to work on your marriage. Yeah. Like even when they're newborns. and Even when you're pregnant. Ooh. Mm. Huh. Okay. Okay. Now, ladies, one more thing for you to think about. I want you to think about what you believe about your husband. This was a fascinating study from 2005. It found that mothers, and I'll give you the geek talk here first, the academic language, mothers' perceptions of husbands' investment in the paternal role, unlike those fathers' own perceptions, were related to the father's overall involvement. In plain English, Mm -hmm. if you think your husband doesn't care as much as you want him to about the baby and childcare, you'll actually keep him back. Like push him away. Yeah. Okay. And what you think, and the emphasis is on the word think, what you think is more important than what he thinks about his role. Your perception is critical here. The mother's perception. The mother's perception is critical. Okay. So she can have a belief about him that doesn't actually match his ability, experience, wisdom, his own desires or what he's going to do or is doing even. But if she believes this, she'll push him back. This is documented in this research study. Oh my. Okay. So if you believe, if you have a strong conviction that your husband should be involved in childcare as you raise your kids, you'll end up encouraging him to become more involved. And these researchers concluded that if the father was withdrawn from childcare in the family, the one way to fix that was to change the way the mother looked at the father, the way she perceived him. Not if, looked with her eyeballs. No. If she believed, yeah, stand on your head and look at me, it helps. If she believed that he could and should be a capable parent, then she was more likely to allow him to actually do that. Wow, this just sounds like so controlling. Oh, women are evil. They really are. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I mean, this is straight out of this study. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and Verlin, it's not something I expected to see coming into the research, but in the end, it does make sense because it ties back to the maternal gatekeeping concept. If you can open the gate, you can change your husband's level of engagement. So that's me opening my own gate. Yes. You woman can open the gate. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Cool, hey? Yeah. Or interesting anyways. Now, if this is deeply entrenched and your kids are older, you do have your work cut out for you. Yeah. Like, does dad even know the kids by this point? Well, he's there and he sees them, but he's kind of now, he's another one of the kids is sometimes how this ends up going. Oh, ouch. Right? So that's tough. Yeah. And, and there's almost a parent-child dynamic between the mom and the father instead of a peer-to-peer. And you just stop and think about that for the moment right now. Mm-hmm. If you're the husband, do you feel more like a peer to your wife or a child to your wife? And if you're a wife, do you feel like a husband is your peer or more like one of your kids? Hmm. So... I just thought we could wrap this up. We've given four strategies, four, five, I can't remember, four in there, I think, to think about. But I want to talk a little bit about communication because we talk about this a lot and people ask about it a lot. Think about how you discuss housework and childcare, okay? Because division of labor, whether it's childcare or housework, is a source of conflict for many couples. Mm-hmm. So typically, or, or stereotypically- We have a whole podcast dedicated to this. Yeah, we do. We'll to link, link to, to that it. in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So typically, or even stereotypically, here's what goes down, right? The wife is frustrated over the division of housework. And this is kind of like her little cycle at the start. The husband is content. He wants to keep the status quo. He wants to keep it the way it is. So what's the wife going to do? She's going to escalate. I always thought status quo was like keeping up with the Joneses. 
Obviously, yeah. I was wrong. That's maybe more about status than quo. But. Oh, so status quo is just keep things the same. Yeah. So he just wants changes. to keep everything the same. Okay. Yeah. Static. Okay. So a uh, husband is content, wants to keep the status quo. The wife is going to escalate to try to get his attention, to try to get some movement. What's the husband going to do? He's going to withdraw. Yeah. Classic demand withdraw pattern. And the wife ends up being more discontented with the division of labor than the husband. Like he's kind of So she's going to pursue some more. Right. Now you're into a cycle, right? Now you can solve this. You can change the outcome by changing the conversation. Hmm. Because going into this with a demand is going to trigger the withdrawal. And we're not justifying him, but I'm just saying that we can start this differently and it should change the outcome. Think about the stance that you have. So picture in your head an angry, nasty looking wife and she's got a frying pan held high overhead, chasing her bumbling, frightened husband down the sidewalk, Okay. That's how your current conversations are going. You're escalating. He's withdrawing, right? Right. So, so this is a figure of speech because- It's a word picture. Yeah. I'm okay. dramatizing it. Yeah. Now, instead of that, picture a couple standing side by side. They each have an arm around each other and their heads are tilted toward each other, but they're looking at a problem. So it's not necessarily a happy moment, but it is a together moment and it's a together problem. And because it's a together problem- Rather than her being at him, they're cooperating, they're collaborating, they're discussing their feelings, they're looking for areas that they agree on. They're both making sure they do their part to have a constructive discussion. And they're negotiating where they need to, but they're willing to compromise where they need to. That's a different kind of a discussion, right? Yeah. And I can pretty much guarantee, though, if you can have this different style of discussion, you'll have a different outcome. Right. It won't be that continuing cycle of pursue, withdraw. Right. Right. Okay. Now, I'm going to throw in a picture that I just thought of is, you know, if this communication thing is a big deal for you guys, make sure you go to our, our website at onlyyouforever.com and sign up for our email list because in the we have a series of emails that just helps you with some of our most popular content. But a few emails in, we'll introduce you to our Talk To Me 101 course, which is all about communication mm-hmm. and will help you in a great way to get better at communicating with each other. Yeah. But there you have it. What to do when your husband is not as engaged as you would like. And as I said at the start, this you know primarily comes up around housework and childcare. But I think if you pay careful attention to the principles we've discussed, you'll find you can apply this to the different domains in your life. Maybe there's other areas where you feel he's not as engaged. Yeah. All good? I think so. All right. Do you want to close us out for Linda? Sure. But before we do, mm-hmm. we had this awesome post on Facebook. And it's so awesome. I actually have to read it. Okay. Okay says, thank you so much for your podcast. I'm currently going through a rough patch in my marriage, all to due to my stubbornness and prideful heart. And I've realized that all throughout my 12 years of marriage, I've been doing nearly everything wrong. I love my wife, but I have been starting up harsh, using all four horsemen from time to time and flooding. God is using you and many other sources to point out where I've been wrong and how hopefully by God's grace, repair the damage before it's too late. I just found your podcast two weeks ago and I've listened to every episode, which is really scary. You have quickly become my favorite and most crucial podcast to listen to. Obviously thank you it didn't again. Scare him off. No, thank you again, and keep up the great work. So, Stephen, that just—I don't know—that makes it what we do worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we appreciate the feedback. Yeah, so much, and I'm so thankful that you're working on your marriage. Yeah, yeah. Before it's your... too late. And what I like about this guy is he's taking ownership. Like he's he's owning his own junk, and he's saying, "This is what I've been doing wrong." He's not like, my wife is meh, 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 meh. Yeah, that's He's true. He's actually like... Unless his wife wrote it. Take, <laughs> <laughs> she hacked his Facebook page. I don't no, think so. No, I don't think so either. So good for you, Stephen. Awesome. 
So, as always, full show notes at oyf.link slash 80. And remember, we're here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. So if this was helpful to you, we'd love it if you could help us spread the word and share this with others who would also be blessed by it. And we say this all the time, like spread the word, share it with others. A good way to do that is with an iTunes review. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know how to do that. Hey. But what? We're in the top 100 of kids and family podcasts on iTunes. Really? Yeah, I betcha. Wow, that's We're getting exciting. up there. So yeah. that's thanks to the reviews we've received, but we haven't seen any in a little bit, folks. So if you have time this week, please leave us a review. We would very much appreciate it. It helps us to reach and influence more marriages. Awesome. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.